Hey folks, quick story for you. Have you heard about Imagine Golf? If you haven't, I would encourage you to go into the App Store, search Imagine Golf, and join the over 200,000 golfers around the world who have made this a part of their daily ritual to improve their golf game. A few months ago, I was introduced to a gentleman named Malcolm Scoville. He's the visionary behind the app. Malcolm has worked with other great uh, meditation-based apps like Calm, and he's bringing that expertise into the world of golf, which is something he's very passionate about. Malcolm and I connected. I've loved hearing his story. And the coolest thing to me about this mission that he's on is that he every day wakes up thinking, how can I help change the outcomes for people, both in golf and in their lives, through an improved mental game? It's a really cool app. They do these really fantastic three-minute daily drive lessons that you can just you know listen to when you're either on your way to work or nowadays just maybe taking the dog for a walk who knows or how about when you're out on the putting green or the driving range it's available to you at any time it's uh, free to download seven day no commitment trial uh, you can still listen to it even if you don't do the paid subscription. Although, I would tell you, go in and unlock that door. You will not regret it. Malcolm and his team have done just an excellent job of curating uh, the kinds of things that you need to be hearing to improve your mental game on a daily basis. I do it. I love it. You know me. I like to get into the spiritual side of golf, as does Malcolm, and as do all of those who are contributing to the app. I think you're really going to like it, folks. Go and check out Imagine Golf. And as my friend Malcolm likes to say, keep imagining what's possible. Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. I sure am glad to have you listening in today. Got an awesome show for you. One of my wonderful friends from the world of golf. Uh, is joining me to have just a, a what I found to be a delightful conversation. His name is Christian Hafer. If you don't know him from his Instagram account, at Hafe underscore life, I don't know what you've been doing on that app for the last few years. Uh, Hafer and I connected uh, quite a while back when he was uh, really just getting into the Instagram game, and I saw his work, and I was just kind of you know, blown away by it. He was one of the first real golf photogs uh, to take advantage of Instagram in a major way, and his following kept growing. Uh, he and I have stayed in touch through those years and enjoyed a lot of, uh, you know, internet pen pal conversation, so to speak. And, uh, you know, even though we've we've actually never met in person, uh, he, he feels like an old friend. He's someone that I bounce ideas off of and uh, we've we've gotten into some you know pretty deep conversations about the game from time to time, and uh, I'm glad we could have uh, one of those right here uh, on your favorite podcast, uh, uh, Mid-Am Crisis. So uh, Christian joins me. He's again a great guy, family man, someone who's got a really interesting perspective just on life in general, uh, and certainly on the game of golf. Uh, I have been just thrilled to see his continued success. You know, once you start getting some covers of uh, publications like the Golfer's Journal, uh, things can take off for you in a really cool way, and it has done so for him. Uh, he's now the chief photographer for Golf Magazine and Golf.com, and is just doing some spectacular work there, along with some other brands uh, that you may have heard of. And uh, again, if you don't know Christian, I hope you'll get to know him uh, either through listening to this episode or just through your own exploration of his work. Uh, he's just an all-around good guy and someone that I'm proud to call friend, and uh, I'm I'm really just delighted that he was able to join me uh, for a robust uh, conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, if you stick all the way through the end, a little bit of sound difficulty there as we were we were signing off, but uh, overall, I think you're going to have a nice listening experience. He had his daughter June in the background hanging out at his uh, studio. She's his. Uh, official assistant, uh, helps him out with everything that he's working on. She's uh, three years old, just like my little girl Winnie, and uh, that's a fun thing for us to connect on as well. Anyway, uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to this conversation with Christian. Uh, great guy, great uh, listen here, and I appreciate you always tuning in. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, do me a favor, 
Go on and leave us a review. Tell your friends about it. Uh, whatever you got to do to help get the word out a little bit more, I sure would appreciate it, as would my sponsors at Imagine Golf, who you heard from a little bit earlier in the show. So, thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Here is my conversation with Christian Hafer. Christian. Yo. How What's are you, my on? man? Yeah, I'm good. What's stuck uh... in the stuck in the studio? <laughs> well, I would imagine a man in your line of work, uh studio time is both uh uh, sort of a prison and a, a, a vacation or escape from time to time. It can be. I've got my I've got my little studio assistant, Miss June, down here <laughs> right now. So we're we're halfway to productivity this morning. Uh, well, you know that's better than no way. Uh, that's right. When you got the uh, kiddos running around, uh, productivity takes on a a different meaning. Oh yes, that's the new way of the world, right? Yeah, no doubt. How old is uh, Miss June nowadays? She's almost three. Oh, man, that's so much fun. Yeah. My daughter turned three back in January, and uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is. Uh, I feel like she got really got a little spicy there right around when she turned <laughs> three, and then she's now kind of settled into uh, uh, a, a nice vibe. So it's, you know, what a journey. Yeah, yeah June has got that. June is in in rare form some days, but you know, that's part of it. It's the good and the bad. She balances herself out, but somehow, some way. And we always, at the end of the day, like most parents are like, Oh, she was so cute when she was doing this today. <laughs> we totally forget about the tantrums, but uh, that's how it works, I guess. That's exactly right. Uh, but it's good to have a nice, uh, nice helper on hand uh, when you're you know, trying to get through edits and all kinds of other things. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it, for me, especially a little, you know, up until kind of the pandemic hit, it was, you know, how much travel I was doing and, you know, when I would get home and, you know, so I didn't really, I wasn't really around as much as I think most people understand. So I I still traveled and I still travel now, but, you know, now I can come home and I'll be home for two weeks and, you know, I can work out of here and she's close, Austin's close. So I can, you know, they can come down and see me if I'm busy. I can still spend five, 10 minutes every so often with them. Whereas before it was, you know, FaceTime at the end of the day, I'll see you in a week. And you, you, you forget how much you miss when you're doing that kind of stuff. And, and I've been, I've been able to kind of get that benefit of being home, still being productive, but still, still being able to see the kids. And especially now, you know, as you know, she's at that age where it's like every day seems like something new is happening. So yeah, something new and something magical. Yeah. For uh, sure. So how old is Austin now? Uh, Austin's ten. Oh man. Yeah, it looks like a teenager. <laughs> and did did his uh, you know cover uh, cover guy uh, uh, golfer's journal opportunity go to his head or we? I try and knock down that ego as much as I can. Uh, he, I mean, he thinks it's pretty cool. I think it, it's funny because when it, when that happened and came out, I don't think he could really process, you know, how cool it was. Yeah. But as he kind of gets older and he, you know, maybe he walks by the book and he sees it, he's like, he kind of, you can kind of see him look at it. He'll ask me more questions, but yeah, he's, he's a pretty mellow kid. So I don't think I have to worry about ego checking him Yeah. until, until he beats me at golf. And then it's just, it might be downhill from there. Well, from what I've seen, uh, yeah, it's, that, that's it's probably close. in route, right? <laughs> it's on the horizon for sure. I, I have not golfed much, and he—he's uh, this year. He's going to be doing. We have like a junior tour around here where they do nine hole matches for his age, and then he'll you know do drive, chip, and putt. And I think not last year because it was canceled, but the year before he was like one point off of going to the oh, next, man. you know, going to Oakmont essentially to then qualify to go to Augusta. So kid has some game. Um, that is for sure. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's fun to see when they get kind of hooked on it at that age too. Um, I remember those summer junior league, uh, you know, days, man, very fondly. That was, that was a very fun time in my life. And I'm sure he's uh, eating that up, getting ready for summer to be here soon. Yeah, he is. He's. It's funny. He's getting to that age where you know he 
you can kind of tell he still wants to golf, but I think he still uh, he still wants to go cruise around on his bike with his friends. And you know, we we don't push it, and we never really have. And I told him, you know, yeah, you practice as much as you want to practice. The more you practice, you put into it. The more you play, you know, the better you'll be. And you know, if you if you want to do well, then you just tell me when you want to go, and we'll make sure you get to the course, you get lessons, and do all that kind of stuff. But you know, you're also a kid. So if you want to just go play, I, I get it. I'm not going to push it on you. So he's, yeah. he kind of, he kind of, I think once he gets one or two matches and he realizes, Oh, I'm, I'm maybe a little rusty. He'll put in a little more time. <laughs> he realized that uh, he's starting nipping at your tail a little bit. He's uh, get get a little hungrier. Oh yeah. Well, and the great thing is when we, we go out and play, I usually tend to play from his tee box. Oh, I love that. And I'll just, you know, I'll take, I play a half set for the most part anyway, but I'll just take, you know, irons and we'll play games like I'll play a seven iron and give him two strokes on a par five and, you know, just make little bets out of it. Just trying to keep him, you know, keep his competitiveness up, but yeah. like kind of a lighthearted way where, you know, if, if he doesn't win, he's not going to be too down on himself and, you know, that kind of thing. Cause it was almost goofy, but if he beats mm-hmm. me, he feels good about himself because he won. So it's kind of, it's been good and it's been good to kind of like as his personality, as your kids get older, especially where he's starting to get to now, his personality is really well developed. You know, his, you can really tell how he reacts to shots and things on the golf course. And, and so I can kind of pick that up quickly. And, you know, I know if he's maybe a little frustrated, you know, what to say or what not to say, cause I want to keep him, I want to keep it lighthearted. I want to keep him I want him to think of golf as something that he enjoys doing um, rather than like a sport he has to play yeah. um, because my goal is not necessarily for him to, you know, be the next tiger. I just want when, you know, I'm old and he's old enough and we can go out and play golf that we can go play golf and that he enjoys doing it, that he doesn't, he doesn't have, you know, any sort of like bad memories of, having to go out there and pound balls and grind and all that stuff. So, so far, so good. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you know, and I, I've always been able to you know tell that uh, you love spending that time with, you know, your, your kids and family out on the golf course and you photograph it a lot and beautifully. And um, I, I just, I always enjoy that. You can really, you know, it, it comes through in your work. Uh, I don't know if you call that aspect of it work, but it, it really shines through in a lot of the things you share, just just how special those moments are and, and how much you enjoy them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, those are like some of my favorite photos. And, you know, especially with my job, I, I take a lot of photos and, you know, I get to be in some cool situations, but it's still, it's, you know, just going out and playing a little sunset nine at our local muni. And, and, and that actually that cover photo of Austin was just, one of those instances where you know they somehow saw it they were like we want to run it and backstory was he and I what we would do is after school or like in the summertime at the end of the day he and I would just run out and we we knew if we got there at seven the guy would always say just go play Could probably get like six holes in so we'd go off go play this little loop that we created and turn on music i'd let him pick um and we just go play and hit shots until it was dark we'd have fun and that was one of those instances of he and i just going out playing golf to have fun and you know not keeping a score not not really doing anything other than just kind of spending some time together um and there you go out of it comes you know one of my favorite photos of him especially you know, people have seen him kind of grow up. They know about his hair. <laughs> uh, so the flow is in full effect, you know, and, and it's just one of those things that I can look, look back on and, and it cements that, that relationship he and I have, not just about golf, but just our relationship, um, you know, and then me, what I do is, you know, I take photos, so I document stuff and there's nothing better than documenting your kids and your family and your, your kind of journey through life. And so that was a pretty, pretty cool moment for both of us so i think you know kind of like you talked about earlier i think when he gets older and he can kind of look back on it he'll 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 be more i think it'll it'll hit him a little bit harder once he can actually put it into some content no no doubt you know it's funny i i I always tell people you know the things that when i'm producing a story 
um, the elements that hit the most with people are when I'm just talking about, you know, the things that I love that are nearest and dearest to me. And I think that connects with people because, you know, that's, that's how a lot of people experience the game of golf and how, how a lot of people, you know, uh, live their lives. And um, I just think that stuff, you know, sticks with folks and, you know, with your work, I just, I, I, I think that rings true. You know, I'm sure you love going and traveling the world and, and photographing beautiful places, but uh, there's nothing more, uh, more meaningful than that time with family. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, those are the, those are the moments that I think, you know, especially once you, you know, for anybody that has kids, like those are the things that I think we'll tend to remember. I mean, there's always, there's always cool moments, but you know, those, those things and talking about, you know, stories or telling stories that resonate with us personally, I think, I think I've noticed that a lot. And, you know, kind of what you do and what I do and some other people do is you can tell when it's, it's something that matters. Like there's just a little Mm -hmm. bit more to it that just stands out. Um, you know, it may not be the greatest photo. It may not be like a Pulitzer Prize winning article, but there's something about it that just kind of like, I think people can kind of pick up. So, and I, you know, that goes with just kind of doing it and being committed to, to doing it. Um, I, do I always want to have a camera with me? Not necessarily, you know? Um, and I don't always, especially now, I don't always take one out on a golf course with me, but I know that to me, it's important for me personally to when I'm with Austin playing or with June comes out to the golf course or, you know, it's just my wife and I is to have it with me just in case I want to, I want to hold on to that. Not so I can share it on social or anything like that. I think, I think that's where people sometimes get the misconception of what we do is that everything we do needs to be consumed by other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I do is, no one will ever see it. It's just, it's something for my wife and I or my family or, you know, just for myself. And I won't, I'll never post it anywhere. I won't ever print it. I'll just, it's something that I have. Um, and I, I'm sure you kind of go through the same thing where, you know, not everything that you work on, you feel like publishing, but you just need to, it's like, you need to get it out of your system. You need to, it's like, a, it's an itch you have to scratch. Oh, no question. Yeah, I mean, I got files upon files of things that, uh, you know, I really wrote mainly because, um, you know, it was something that was sort of either sometimes buried in you or, or something that just is so you know powerful in your, in your daily thoughts that you just, you need to put it on paper, um, or on film in your instance. And, um, you know, and, and, and you get a chance to go back and, and look at it. And sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll get down the road and, and come back to it yep. you know, because, you know, time and perspective will change how you, how you see those things. And, and sometimes then it, it inspires, you know, something that hopefully turns out really good oh, for sure. uh, later. Oh, for sure. That's, I mean, that's such a huge part of the creative thing is just, if you never know what you're creating will end up being used or how, but if you're always kind of working at it and you're always kind of, you know, building on this body of work, it's funny what little things come out of it. You know, like I've shot a lot of photos that I had no intention of ever being published or printed or anything like that. And then they somehow not only become a printed material, but then it's, oh, I think there's a book here. You know, I think there's, Mm -hmm. I see this line that I wasn't consciously working on. I see this series of photos and maybe this could be something, maybe there's a bigger narrative there. So I think it's, you know, if you're always kind of constantly scratching that itch, then you're, that's where I think you really, really, really get the good work done. It's not by setting out to say like, I'm going to do this project. Like the one project I really want to focus on this year for, for myself kind of came at me looking through as I was archiving photos and seeing these trends and seeing these things where I'm like, think there's a story here i think there's a a bigger you know there's obviously something that i'm gravitating towards why don't i flush this out and i never would have probably come up with this idea had i not just gone back through and every so often kind of look at what i've done or or kind of reflect on the work that i've done but you i like that thinking about you know the pull of certain gravities right what 
what would you say made you gravitate into photographing um, scenes from the world of golf? You know, it's, it's, I think my, when I started, I, I thought that I had to kind of fit a, you know, a style or I had to take a certain photo. Um, and, and what I like about golf, I, I mean, one, obviously I play it. Um, I like the sport. I love the sport. And I, I, I want to, I want to show that I want to make the sport look as good as I can make it. And I want it enticing to people. But I think what really attracted me to this ongoing kind of investigation, if you will, of the sport is how much flexibility and diversity there is from a, not just visual, but storytelling element. So I can go out and I can shoot a landscape I can go put a person in that landscape. Now it's an environmental thing. I could do a portrait of a golfer. I can go in on details. There's there's so much flexibility that intrigued me because what I looked at golf and I looked at golf photography and a lot of like visuals was very stagnant. It was very much like a formula, which I think a lot of photography genres are. Like there's there's always a formula, right? Like this is how you shoot street. This is how you shoot you know, lifestyle for, you know, automotive brands and commercial projects, like everything kind of falls into the, these certain styles and people just keep doing that. Um, and I slowly started, I did that and slowly started kind of hating everything that I was doing and just none of it. I was like, I didn't think any of it looked good. I didn't think any of it stood out. And then, so I started kind of experimenting with, you know, my style, which I did on the work before I was really focused on golf, which was street and fine art. And I started kind of taking those ideas into golf. And, and that's really where I started, that kind of light bulb went off for me that like, oh, you know, I can try this, I can try that. And I, the biggest thing is like just trying things, you know, I'm not curing cancer and my job's not that important. So if I fail on something, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like if I make a really bad photo, nothing's going to happen to me. You know, I made a bad photo. I make a lot of bad photos. Everybody who picks up a camera is going to take a lot of really bad photos. And, but you might be able to see like, ah, you know, I'm getting closer to what I want to do. Um, and that was one thing for me, which was, you know, I, I kind of constantly do and constantly try and not change my style, but evolve it, I guess, and try new things, look at things differently. Um, as soon as I see myself kind of making a photo that I made a year ago or two years ago or six months ago, I kind of try and correct myself and say, you know, how can I, how can I do it differently? How can I keep the kind of style that, you know, I've been able to develop and kind of change it a little bit just tweak it a little bit constantly build on it improve it you know for me it's an improvement to other people they may say it's it's not an improvement and that's fine <laughs> that's, all, that's yeah. all part of it <laughs> oh, i love that it, you know it's it, i i feel it in writing too you know where I'll, I'll i'll get into something and i'm going i'll go oh damn i've i've written this before right and then i just i, I it makes me want to like you know you know, just dead sprint, you know, a hundred yards in the opposite direction and just try to look at it from there and go, okay, find something different in it. You know what I mean? And, and, and come at it from a way that you haven't before. And, but that's, that's the energy that keeps you, you know, trying to crack the code, so to speak. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, I, I think if you're constantly, set on doing the same thing which some people do and they do it really well but they have a, a mm -hmm. formula system and and it's it, i think that's where to me i don't think that it could work because you know i have such bad add i'm i'm all over the place and i'm i i can't sit still so i can't i'm, not, I'm never comfortable with doing the same thing and i always want to be doing something differently and you know the hardest thing for me is to take you know a, a you know, whenever you talk to, you know, a creative director or somebody, they always want options in the photo. And I don't want mm -hmm. options in the photo. 
I want the photo to be the one thing that I want it to be, which is this is what I took. This is what I'm trying to convey. This is, I want you to see this. And so, you know, yes, I have to do that on certain projects, but when it comes to my work and it comes to the stuff where nobody's telling me what they want to see or how it should look, those are the things where I can then, I can then kind of recall, like, you know, you've written that before you've, you've used this line before, but maybe that, that line of text or that element of a photo can inspire that thing. So when you're out working and shooting, it's like, I see something and I kind of constantly remind myself of, you know, it's, and it's, I don't know what it is, but it's almost subconsciously where I'm like, ah, you know, what about this? And it's, I'm recalling all these photos I've taken, all these miles I put on my camera. And, you know, I'm sure it's, I can barely spell my own name, but I'm sure as a writer, it's the same thing, right? Like you're, you're kind of this odd amalgamation of all the lines that you've ever written <laughs> and you never know which one's going to pop onto the paper and say like, and fit. And you may have used it before, yeah. but maybe it works better in this context. And that's the same thing with photography. I mean, it's like, I may have shot this before, but it works really well here if I just if I just do this a little different or do that a little different or I wait just a minute or, you know, whatever it may be. And and that's kind of the coolest thing is it's like being a creative person, you know, in, in any field, I think is the coolest part is this constant education and evolution that we go through. Um, and especially if you're any good at it, you're, you're kind of constantly trying to force yourself to evolve and to educate yourself and to grow and grow and grow and grow. And that to me is like, I feel like golf is a pretty endless platform for that growth, right? Like, you know, when I first kind of started focusing on it, people said, you know, internally, like my own family or whatever, is there enough just to focus on golf? Like is golf that broad is golf that interesting um and i think we've seen it (laughs) i think we've seen how interesting golf can be and how varied it can be and and i think it's only it's only getting more and more varied and more and more interesting and it's obviously growing at a pretty good clip so for me i i'm like there's no end of inspiration i don't know about you but i'm like i'm i'll go to a new course and i'm like i feel it like i feel like okay i can get to work you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, that connects with me on so many levels. Cause I, I did a lecture the other day at, on down on campus and it was about, you know, how to make yourself memorable. I was talking to a class about, you know, kind of networking and how to advance, you know, career advancement things. And one of the slides I put up, I talked about, you know, just how important it is to be observant in the world. You know, I said, you know, a lot of people walk through this, planet very in this life very blindly they they they're they're not looking at the details and you know for me um you know there's a lot of really talented people doing a lot of writing that um i think um and i think things the same as photography you're you were talking about earlier and it's just you know again if you've seen it once you've seen it a lot of different times um you see this with a, a news story where there'll be you know, what, you know, like whatever the you know topic du jour of the week is, there'll be 40 versions of that story. And a lot of them are very, very similar. And I, you know, I just never have much interest in that. I, I want to go and I want to go in bed somewhere, you know, for a few days, as long as I can get away with really. Right. And just, just open up the lens of my mind and see it, everything I can observe because somewhere I'm going to find a thread that's worthy of pulling and then just go into it as deep and as far as you can. And your point about the sort of endlessness of that in golf, I feel the same way on the writing side. I, you know, there's, I don't know how many thousands of golf courses there are in this country. I don't know how many, you know, millions of golfers there are, but all of those are stories and they're all different, but the only way they're any good is if you're willing to really, you know, take your shovel out down there and and root around in the roots of it. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I mean that that's I, the biggest thing. You, you know, pulling at the thread, I think, is a really good is a really good way to put it. That you know, I can go to the same golf course three days in a row and find different threads to pull at and different. And I think that's where I, I 
I would encourage, you know, people who are wondering how do I, I, you know, I'm stagnant, you know, what am I doing? I'm like, don't, if you've shot that photo, don't shoot that photo. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your energy. Mm-hmm. Find that different photo, go somewhere else, shoot it differently, shoot it wider, shoot it tighter, shoot it from here, up, down, whatever. But yeah, pull at those threads. And, you know, if you're a curious individual, which obviously a writer is naturally a curious individual, like, I feel like you're just kind of walking through life, tugging at stuff and waiting to see what falls down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there has always been art within golf, but for whatever reason, and I, and I do, I think social media has had a degree of influence on this, probably a large one. I think this era we're in now, there are more people aware of the artistic side of yep. golf, the deeply creative side of golf, uh, maybe even the meditative side of golf. And I also think that for whatever reason, outlets are, are channeling that more. And that gives opportunities, I think, to, you know, to people like yourself. I, mean, I, I feel like I watched you go from someone that I was, you know, seeing, um, you know, on social media and going, man, I, this really speaks to me to then all of a sudden I've got, you know, magazines with this, you know, sitting on my coffee table. Um, and I'm going, man, this is crazy. This is really cool to see. I've really enjoyed watching that, you know, that journey, uh, transpire. Thank you. I mean, it's been, it's been a trip for sure. Um, (laughs) cause it's, and you're right. I mean, I think social media, um, has played a, a significant role in, you know, obviously not my, just my career, but a lot of people's careers, but also the kind of the the marketing of the game as a whole. I think you get, and you know, it's, it's like anything. There's always people who dislike certain elements of anything. And there's people who don't like, you know, do not like seeing people walk around with, you know, a half set in their McKinsey bag and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and there's people that don't care about the tour whatsoever. They couldn't even name a, you know, what tournament was going on that week and who was leading. And that's the coolest thing about golf is there's so many little tribes within it. And there's so many different storytellers within those tribes that I think, you know, a lot of us have been able to kind of build a career. You know, I know I've been fortunate and, and be able to get some, you know, opportunities and, you know, make the most of them, um, which then led to other ones. And I think it was, it was a lot of work and preparation of, you know, doing, doing kind of work beforehand um, before I got in the golf that put me in a position that when those opportunities came, I was, I knew how to handle myself. I knew how to execute. Um, and, and I think golf is still kind of giving it, I think golf is still figuring out how to, how to market itself. Um, if that makes any sense, I think we're just mm-hmm. kind of on the cusp of where we're going to go and where we're going to go is, I mean, sky's the limit, you know, you, you're talking about some, some pretty wild people that play golf and are now interested in golf. And, and I'm, you know, I, I drove by my course, we had like 70 degree day yesterday and, you know, there were people out there playing golf and, you know, people that you don't normally wouldn't assume that are golfers and I think that's the best thing that golf can do is welcome in new perspectives and I think you know for myself I think my perspective on golf is a little different than most people um I think visually it it it, it's different It, it was especially different then you know um but I think now what I would love to see is more people who necessarily come from a tried and true golf background coming into the game and bringing their interpretation of golf you know what how do they interact with golf because golf basketball life in general is not any one thing it's all that individual's interpretation of what you know they're dealing with and and that's been the coolest thing to see is so many people popping up and creating so many cool projects with some very unique voices yeah, no, I love that. I, 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 I love the increase in sort of these crossover storytelling opportunities in golf. And, you know, 
um, it does seem to be happening more. And it, it's funny, like I, <laughs> I wrote this column the other day about, uh, I was actually referring to Tallahassee um, and, you know, our, our quote unquote, you know, community brand. And I, I basically said, look, stop trying to, you know, force a brand just just tell some stories, tell yeah. some compelling stories, because what a brand really is, is, is the stories that people tell about you. And, you know, the, the point I was the, the sort of um, um, analogy I used, probably a bad one, but I said, you know, if you were, if you had a new significant other and you were, you know, taking them home to your family for the first time, you're not going to put some, you know, shitty logo in front of them and say, well, this is representative of my family. <laughs> You're going to, you're going to tell them stories about your mom and, you know, her compassion and your dad and, and, and the lessons he taught you, oh, your, yeah. your brother and the wild trip you took and your sister's, you know, sense of humor and your crazy aunt and your funny grandpa, you know, yeah. and, and golf's the same way. It's like, just stop trying to put a brand yeah. on it and just tell good uh, stories. Do do? It'll take care of itself. For sure. I mean, I, I sometimes get myself in trouble because I, spicy hafe as some people call it but and and too like i've been you know recently pretty open about my my journey with like mental health and depression and Mm -hmm. and a lot of i've had a few people message me and just kind of not have they didn't interact with it well and my point to them is always like hey listen this is my social media page is not an advertising platform um, this is a place for me to like create and communicate and just kind of like interact with the world around me. And I don't really care what your opinion is. Um, you can take it however you want to take it. If you don't like the fact that I'm, if you think that it's somehow thirsty, it's not that at all. It's when I'm, when I talk about my family or, you know, my life with certain elements, it's to have that conversation with people who follow me that I, I literally engage with and that I hope if someone's in that situation that I was in reads that and it helps them, it's not paid for and bought and sold. It's just a genuine thing from me to you. And I think that's where, that's where I wish we could, we could kind of pump the brakes on is everyone seems to be marketing something and, and very Uh few people just seem to just be like putting it out there. Um, Obviously not everything needs to be out there, but I think, no, I don't drink. And, you know, I, I'm open and vocal about like that. I don't drink because I had an issue, but I don't drink because I just made a personal choice based on life experiences not to do it. And I've had conversations with a lot of guys that, you know, they're in the world of golf, which golf is usually a pretty social thing for most people. And they're like, Hey, I struggle with, you know, alcoholism and I can't really golf because, Anytime I'm out there, I feel pressured to have a drink or do whatever. Like, how do you get around that? And so having those kind of conversations with people like about some pretty heavy topics, I don't know that person from anyone and I don't need to, in order to just give them maybe a little bit of insight or a little bit of help of like, Hey, like, you know, I just make it well known to people that like, Hey man, like I don't drink, I don't care what you do. Just, you know, keep it away from me or whatever it is those kind of conversations have they've helped me honestly in my career stay away from certain things that I think wouldn't have helped me from you know a photography standpoint because I'm I'm I don't use social media other than anything to like communicate with people and like show my photos it's not a way for me to like monetize you know a following and it's okay if certain people do that mm-hmm. um I just, I think the best storytellers we have are the ones that are, that means sometimes like, you know, you say the wrong thing, you say the right thing, you say the thing people don't want to hear and thing people do want to hear, but you're, you're doing it from a place where like, it's from a good place. Um, and you know, that, that whole thing, you should just stick to golf, that comment, which I get a lot because, you know, <laughs> I, I don't understand that because I'm not, I mean, I'm not a golf photographer like I'm a human being and and what I decide to share with people and tell people and voice my opinion on is that's my right and then I have I have found this new thing it's phenomenal I can remove followers (laughs) 
And so I will do that. I'll like, <laughs> so I'll come up and I'll try and like talk with them. Or maybe I'm just like, you know what? Like, Hey man, I get it. I don't need you to follow me. And I don't need you to like slide into my messages and try and like, you know, say whatever you're going to say. So I'll just remove the follower and they'll, they'll kind of follow me back. I'll remove them. They get the hint and sorry, my dogs are losing their mind. I think I got more packages coming for, for, for who knows who. And, um, and that's been a really good thing for me is being able to just like kind of say to people who want to come with like negative takes on things like, I don't need it. Go away. Like this isn't a space for you and you don't want to be a part of it. That's cool. But I, I'm telling you, man, I've met people that I couldn't be more different than like, I mean, we come from two completely different walks of life. We view the world in very different ways and we have some of the best conversations and I've learned so much from so many people by putting out some of these conversations and by talking about some of these topics. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I mean, I think you and I view golf a very similar way, which is it's almost like a, in a way, a little bit more spiritual than sport. You know, to me, it's something that like, Mm -hmm. I used it as a way to like kind of escape you know, stress and all those things before it was a job. And I still do that. I still try and find that. So when I'm telling stories about things, like I literally like, I'll go to the golf course with my friends on a golf trip. And like, that honestly is like, uh, that is some of the, because I'm with people I care about or have good conversations, lighthearted ones, heavy ones. And I don't think enough people appreciate that about golf. They just assume that where you just go out there, you get drunk, you rip around in a cart and like, that's what golf is. Mm -hmm. And I think that informs a little bit of like my storytelling in golf is you don't see a lot of that kind of, because that's just not who I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the photography that you see out of me and the stories that I tell are just, they're literally from my perspective and how I interact with the game. And there's other guys that tell it a very different way. And I, I think it's, both are valid. Both are really good. I think everyone's perception and, and take on golf is important. But, you know, I think if you, if your whole thing is to get like literally just pound a bunch of transfusions and like rip around on a golf course, then own that. Like that, that, to be honest, that is funny. Like I've seen some stuff come out of that. That is hilarious. Yeah. And I don't even drink, but you know, if you're not going to be that, like don't be that. Um, just, I think people just need to stop trying to flex on everyone and just like, just own who they are. Cause at the end of the day, everybody's cool. Like, you know, we all have something cool to say. And yeah. even if we don't feel like we do, like, even if we may not be the most creative person, it doesn't really matter. Like you don't have to be, you know what I mean? And that's, that's my biggest thing that I've learned from Instagram and social media in general is like, it's very, very good. It's a very, very thin line before it becomes almost detrimental and i i hope that we i hope that we see kind of a kickback to where it was a few years ago where it was almost like this small group of people like like you said like when you and i started kind of following each other and interacting with each other and i'm like oh man all right this guy gets it then i started kind of going down the rabbit hole and like okay she gets it he gets it like there's more pe- like there's more people who kind of think the way i think about golf Maybe, maybe not on certain things, but like mm-hmm. there's people who get it and there's people who don't and, yeah. but that's fine. Like we are coexisting and we're now it seems like it's kind of getting a little bit away from that, which, you know, I guess is evolution, but I could be wrong too. No, I, I, I think all of that is just spot on. Yeah. I, I'll give you an example. So, like, you know, last weekend, I happened to play on Friday afternoon with some of my friends, and and it was probably closer to a, uh, you know, transfusion Friday, uh, you know, environment. And I had a lot of fun, and and I really, you know, really enjoyed being out there with the guys and, you know, laughing and just, you know, enjoying the game and, and being frustrated by it. And then two days later, I played with another group of guys, and I, I, I walked and, you know, had the dog with me and it was just this gorgeous, crisp North Florida morning. And like, I felt a whole nother thing, you know, and I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. 
as much as I enjoyed that Friday, this is, this is what I really, really love. Like at every one of these steps, I'm just, I feel myself being more of who I want to be, you know? And, you know, to your point about people saying, you know, to sort of stick to golf, you know, to me, that's just a massive misunderstanding of what golf is. And golf, to also to your point, golf is a lot of different right. things to a lot of different people. However, you know, for me, I, I have found that, that, you know, if you're willing to go that few levels deeper and discover some things that you might not find otherwise, it just opens up the world in a whole different way. And like, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm six days removed from my last round of golf and I can feel the tension within myself Don't, starting to really turn up, you know, and I'm like, Brutal, man. Oof. Oh, I don't know how y'all do it, man. It, I, I, winter would kill me. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, I start running the numbers. I'm like, okay, well, the time changes this week. So I'll probably be able to go walk nine holes after work next Tuesday. And that will be such an oh, yeah. incredible release. Well, I just, I can't, I, mean, wait. Dude, I can't I, wait. I honestly, <laughs> I eat, sleep, drink, breathe golf. Like it's my job. I, so a lot of times there was, I went through this period where I was like, I don't want, I don't want to play golf. I'm around it too much. I just need a break. I need to be burnt out. And then within like two hours, I'm like, I got my clubs in my car. I'm going to the course and I'm just going to go play by myself. No camera, whatever. And I realized like, yeah, this may be a lot of golf. You know, I'm around it 24 seven, but I can, I can separate the work aspect of it. You know, going out and, and, and doing the mundane mm -hmm. tasks that are required to have a career and the passion of golf. And I can keep them separate when I need to. I can intertwine them when I want to. And learning that has been like the biggest thing for me because I, I probably wouldn't even be doing I, – I, I got to a point where I really had to make a decision like do I want to continue working in golf or do I want to be a golfer? Like what's more important to me? because I was so burnt out mm. on it. I was so tired of just like, I mean, you know, 24 seven on a golf course and working. And anytime I played golf, I had to focus on taking photos and not enjoying golf. And that, like that separation of knowing when it's my time. And especially with winter, like, you know, shooting down to Florida and doing a shoot and only being there for a day and not really being able to play. And you're like, Oh my God, what am I, what life choices did mm -hmm. I make to pick? pick Pennsylvania when I could be in Florida or Arizona or California. I'm like, you know, and then I come home and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go play. It's 55 degrees. I can play. I can get nine in like, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's a real addiction. And I, I love the game probably more than I ever have for all the, like the benefits for me, which dude, I don't, I don't even keep score anymore. I, 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 sometimes I do. Um, I, but I really just go out there to like get away. That's, that's golf to me is to get away, yeah. to clear my head up, think, I mean, my best and worst ideas come out of every round of golf for sure. Oh, I completely agree with that. And, and, you know, it's funny, I started doing this thing and, and I, I have found it as inconvenient as it can be. Sometimes it, it helps me a lot. You know, if I'm going on a writing assignment or, or really just any kind of golf related, you know, project work trip, I, you know, sometimes it means you have to add another day and that's obviously a conflict with a lot of things, particularly at home, but I have to be able to take the clubs and go play because what I find is that when I do, if I'm, if I can play that spot that I'm there to, you know, document or, or, or at least just be near it with clubs in hand, it, it totally sure. changes the perspective. Um, and it just makes a massive difference. And you get it. I mean, when not you're walking, if you're just walking around with the camera, it's, you're yeah, going to see some things, but you, you just don't see everything. You don't see the entirety and of the I field because you're not thing immersed for, in it. That's why I think you're starting to see a lot more golfers who are creative forging careers in golf versus, mm -hmm. you know, writers or photographers that maybe came from other places that aren't really committed to golf. Don't really play it. Don't they get it. They, they know the, the gist of it, but they're not like, they're not golfers. They're not like, 
I have to go play this course because like I gotta understand mm-hmm. it, I gotta see it. And I think that is the coolest thing to see because you're getting you're getting photos that people definitely would never have thought of. They would have said, My favorite game to play is when I put a photo up and it's at a course that people people either belong to or visit all the time or caddy at or teach at and I get messages from those people and they're like, Okay. I've been trying to figure out where you took this from. Like, where is this? And finding those <laughs> angles, finding those photos that are showing different angles or like if the architect who designed the course sees it, he's like, man, I never saw that. You know, I never saw, I, I couldn't, I didn't, when I was designing it, I didn't think of that. That is the game to me is like going out and walking around these courses. And as you play it, you're just naturally a little, I think a little bit more connected to the experience than like if you just, photographing it or like hey can here's a press release can you write about this course it's like doesn't it's not going to hit the same and it's yeah it's you're not it doesn't really but getting out in the field and getting out and doing it like that's where the creativity comes from that's where you start like getting a sense of the place and and that's why i think your work so good is you put the effort in to connect with things it's not just like a all right knock out this story it's like a it's a, it seems like a more selective process to me. Yeah, I, I, it tries. It's like, you know, if I took a, a puzzle or a, a board game, you know, you and I were sitting here in my office and we put it on the table, you know, and I looked at the instruction manual and then tried to write a story about how to play this game, you know, okay, I can probably give you a pretty, you know, nice synopsis. But if I sat there and really played the game and tried to, you know, understand the strategy, lose some things, win some things, make some moves, well, then I can tell you what it feels like to be in it, you know? And the same thing is like, if you were sitting here with the same scenario and you had a a, a camera, you know, yeah. Can you take a picture of the board, you know, or the puzzle in its entirety? Sure. And that tells, you know, a very thin layer of the story. But once you're immersed in it, you, you start to be able to see things in a completely different way. And you can showcase them to people from, you know, especially and it really connects with people who have, right. have been in that same yep. scenario. They go, oh, I know 100%. that. Um, you know, it's like I, I'd be, this would be a, I'd be curious about your opinion on this. Because, like, I, I know that, like, if I when I write a story. And it gets just paired with photography. That is, you know, it can turn out well. It can be okay. Um, you know, I what I have found works best is that, and again, you you need particularly with a you know print publication, there's some level of trust that is required. But if I can be there with the photographer on site and I'm telling them, Hey, let me, let me explain to you where I'm going with this. And let me show you some elements that I know I'm going, some threads that I'm pulling on. And I want to go spend 30 minutes looking at this thread from a bunch of different angles. It's when you're, it makes such a doing anything for, you know, print or a story where you're, you, it's not just visuals. You got to add in, you know, you got to tell essentially two perspectives and, you know, having a good working mm-hmm. relationship with those writers or editors is, is really important. So you can kind of, one, you know where they're going to gravitate towards, you know, you know, kind of their view of the game, the story. So if I haven't worked with a writer before, I'll typically go find some stuff that they've done, read it, get an idea of what their voice is. That kind of informs me a little bit to know, hey, like, where are they going to go with this? But, you know, if we're talking about it, you know, and I've shot up plenty of stories. Most times I'm not there on the ground with the writer. Um, and, and especially for like mm-hmm. bigger stories and, or form stories, if it's, you know, shorter stuff, maybe because we're pairing it on, but most times it's just, we're pairing photography to those stories. And, trying to get an understanding of where they're coming from. Like, Hey, what's your angle with this? What is the story? And even if it's just a portrait of a person and they're telling a story, it's like, but what is the tone of the story? You know, like, is it, 
upbeat, happy, or mm-hmm. we are, are what, what is going on? And, and if they can give me that sort of insight, then it helps me. But I think it's also too, it's, it's who's pairing up that photographer and that writer is a big thing. You know, does that, you know, creative director or do they, are they thinking about, you know, this photographer and this writer being a good mix and saying like these two stylistically work well together. Um, Cause that's a huge thing is, is trying to get some similarity because you can't have, you know, you can't have a guy who, who writes pretty vanilla stuff and send me to like the vibiest, you yeah. know, old hidden gym, whatever yeah. golf course in the world. And like, the story is going to be very different than the photos. Like the photos are just going to be like, I'm going to hone in on all the like detail and stuff like that. So they, I think there's two, there's that part of you've got to, you've got to get the right people on the right story. If you're going to, it's going to be like a teamwork thing or else it just falls flat. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I have a photographer here in Tallahassee. She's, she's a big fan of yours. Uh, um, her name's Carolyn Allen and, and we, we work together on a lot of stuff. And I tell people like, look, you, you know, you can go a different direction, oh, but I'm sure. going to tell you if we pair together, it's going to be better for you. Cause we just, we just, yeah. we just vibe off each other when we're working on the stuff. And, um, you know, um, I could sit here and talk about this for, for hours and we should definitely do this again. I, I probably need to bring it in for a landing cause I'm trying to get on the road later today, but I want uh, one last thing I want to, I wanted to ask you about, um, Tell me about like, you know, your, your process of, of selecting, you know, obviously you get a huge field of photography uh, when you're out on site, you know, tell me a little bit about just what in your mind separates the ones you keep, the ones you move forward to an, an editor's eye and the ones that um, yeah, I, um, get left on the cutting. This kind of goes back to how I shoot. Um, and I think I, I don't know if it's because I pride myself on it or I just don't want to deal with, you know, too much work on the back end. I mean, when you think about, I don't know how many photos I took, let's say last year, I can't, I can't even put it in context, but I mean, it's terabytes worth Mm -hmm. of data. I mean, close to 20 terabytes worth of just photos that I'm constantly shooting, developing film. And so for me, that process of shooting, I'm, constantly aware of my workflow on the back end you know going out there and like just spraying and praying and hoping that you get something is not not how i work so you know i've played with people and i've worked with other photographers and they're taking four thousand photos i'm taking 400 it's not because my photos are better it's not because there's a worse it's just because i know what i'm looking for and if i have the one i don't need more I mm-hmm. I keep it pretty short and simple. And then it goes, once you sit down and you start looking through it, what I found is it's very, very temperamental. It's like, what is your mindset? What is the story? You know, it's, it's a kind of, I'll go back through photos that I took years ago. And every week I try and I'll go pull out, like I'll go in the archive and I'll just pull out a course or a month and just, open it up in Lightroom and like look through it and see if I missed anything or there's anything that now resonates with me. And so, and it happens all the time. I mean, I just posted a photo from a trip I took in 2018 and I didn't even have that flagged or rated on, on my original pass. So it's kind of in the moment. It's also like where you are kind of in your creative journey. So for me, it's like, I shoot as I shoot as, close to edit as I can keep it low. Like I don't, if I don't need them, I don't need them. You know, more is not better when it comes to the world of photography because we're in such a consumerist culture of, of visuals that it's once it's up, it's really, it's kind of there for a split second and then people forget about it. And, you know, if I'm shooting for the book, it, it might be two photos. It might be five, it might be eight. So if you're at a golf course for an entire day or two days or three days and eight photos, then I immediately know, like, I don't need to shoot 8,000. I need to shoot, like, I need eight really good photos that tell this story that resonate. If I'm out just playing by myself, I have no issue. Like, and I get sit down to edit and I'm like, I got nothing. These all suck. 
Um, and that's fine. That happens all the time. And, and I think it's, <laughs> it's good for people to kind of put the work away. Like one recommendation I always give to people is separate the shoot from the edit. Um, and a lot of times I have to, especially if it's a tournament or yeah. it's like a quick turnaround, it's like literally shoot. And then I'm editing on the flight back home or I'm in a media center turning over photos that happens in those environments. But I think some of my favorite photos are ones where I shot them. didn't even look at them for a week or two or a month. Just started editing them because I needed, you know, I, I, I like to give myself time every week to just sit down and edit. And then I'm like, oh, that's really good. Oh, this is good. That, you know, and then I, then I start kind of curating from there. And it's, it's, a, it's not a science, that's for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do a very similar thing. You know, I'll, especially if I'm interviewing someone, you know, I'll have the conversation. I'll walk away from the conversation. And go, wow, it was really interesting. You know, he said this or she said that. And I'll just kind of just put the tape up and come back to it in two or three weeks, you know, hopefully, you know, assuming I'm not on some, you know, crazy deadline. Avoid, but, sure. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, cause you come back to it and you listen to it and exactly. something has changed like, you know, yeah, in you or, kind of or in the world. Is, you know, you, I've been fortunate to kind of move. I used to be in like corporate America and, and then, you know, was, wasn't before. So creative to corporate to creative again and changing that mindset of looking at things very analytically mm -hmm. and, and now looking at things very creatively. It's, it's hard to explain to people who aren't creative how that process works, but it's like there, cause there's no, there's no right answer. Right. It's like, I just need to be left alone to like yeah. shoot thing. And then when I feel like I feel right about it, then, then here's the photo, you know, and that's not, we obviously, we know deadlines and things like that, but I think as long as you're constantly inspired by the world around you and you're seeing new things and you're educating yourself, your work's gonna, you never know what's gonna jump out at you. And so I think, you know, I i don't know about you, but I always go back through the archives and, and it, dust off an old old album and see if it still sounds good, if it sounds better, sometimes it sounds worse, but that's kind of my process is every week I give myself a couple hours mm -hmm. just to look, look through the oldies and see if any hits are in there. Oh, yeah, that's well, incredibly well said. There's a book that I, I read last year, it was, uh, one of the more important ones I got a hold of, and mo most of the stuff I read is you know, nonfiction, and you know, get my. Do you read a lot of golf, different directions. or is it like? Um, I read this book. Uh, most of the stuff I read is is not golf. Um, I you know I I read through. I have golf writers that I read you know pretty religiously when they put something out. Um, um, you know, and I, and I, I get probably most of the golf reading I do is stuff, you know, that's, that's, you know, either magazine articles or articles that are, you know, online from writers that I you know really enjoy. Um, and people that I know, um, you know, is, is really fun. I love kind of seeing different perspectives. Um, you know, for me, golf books are an interesting thing because I feel like, um, there's just the ones that really speak to me, like the couple that I've read in the last few years that I really, yeah, I, I read Golf in the King. I read that book almost every year, and I've learned something new every time I read it. Um, I, you know, that book is not for everyone, um, but I find it to be, um, it really speaks to me in a lot of ways. There's a lot of little lines in there that, um, you know, again, that's kind of a, you know, creative fiction book, but it's told in a, a very real perspective, I think. Um, Okay. I read uh, Season in Dornick last year. That book just blew my mind. I thought it was so wonderful. I love Tom's books. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, you know, I can't wait to see what he does with his uh, with his latest uh, course called America. And, but you know, I, anyway, I, so I read this book. You you probably would enjoy you know some of this aspect talking about the the creative side. It's the book is called Alchemy, and the subtitle is. Um, the dark art and curious science okay. of creating magic in brands, business and life. And this guy, Rory Sutherland, he really dives into all these, you know, wonderful or oftentimes frustrating conflicts between the creative yeah. brains and the analytical brains, you know, in the world. Right. And it is, it is so 
that is a very difficult thing, particularly in my, you know, in my business, when I, you know, trying to have, or trying to convey to someone, you know, oh. the power of creative storytelling when they don't have that bone yeah, in their body. Yeah, and it, it is, that, that's very, very difficult. I mean, it's, it's damn near impossible if they don't, if they don't have that, if you, it's, I've been in a lot of these meetings and a lot of these pitches where you walk in, you can just tell, that they don't care about that. They care about the ROI, right. how much is it going to cost? What are we going to get out of it? And as soon as that conversation yeah. comes out, I typically am like, I don't put much effort into it because I know that it's just, it's just not going to be what it could be. Um, but then on the flip side of it, there are, I've met a few people who have been really, really helpful for me in a career of understanding how people buy you know, photography from, in my case and brands, how brands think about things. And mm -hmm. not all brands mm -hmm. are the same, but you know, there are leaders up there that do a great job of just saying like, Hey, listen, we know what you're capable of and we want a little bit of that. So like, you just tell us how you're going to get to that and we'll, we'll go along with it. And I think empowering creatives to be creative is a very undervalued thing. Um, I'm fortunate now where I'm empowered to create and left alone to kind of, oh, what do you think? What do you want to do? Okay. How, how do we do it? And I think the more that, yeah. that kind of analytical business brain recognizes that that creative brain may be chaos more times than not, but out of that whirlwind comes a lot of, that's where the magic comes. And yeah. that's where, I mean, I tell this to photographers all the time, said charge your work because your visuals are the brand you're defining the visual story for a brand and yeah. you you can't sell anything if you can't see it and so it's important that brands brands i think recognize the value they, that that visuals and copy and storytelling all plays into what they want to be and how they want to present themselves because at the end of the day that's all a brand does right they're just trying to sell you on their who they think they are right yeah and i i think that's well said yeah it's like when i sit down with someone it's like look if you right. just want to sell a widget i'm probably not the person you want to talk to uh but if you want to tell a story that makes people connect to your widget more than anyone else we're going to have a very good relationship um well yeah man for sure look, can, I can we do I, again can we do a podcast we're going to need to do this again stuff? soon because yeah. i have just enjoyed this <laughs> Yeah, oh I will have, God, I, will have I would love that. No, nothing would excite me more. <laughs> yeah, well, let's. Yeah, yeah, man. We we need to pair up on something soon because that would be a lot of fun. Trust we can, don't hang no telling what kind long. of trouble we get into. Find yourself in you know a couple couple hot spots. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, that's uh, that's my favorite little uh, nook of the universe to you know cozy up. Yeah, in, thank so. you. Uh, yeah, man, I can't up, thank you for the uh, time. This, this has been wonderful. A little bit of time away, and uh, we'll catch you. Absolutely. We'll uh, look forward to doing it again soon and uh, keep that lens open. Yeah, buddy. We'll talk soon.